When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And I'm here to tell you, number one, that most of you say you want to be successful, but you don't want it bad. You just kind of want it. Work ethic eliminates fear, you know? So if you put forth the work, you know, what are you fearing? You know you what you're capable of doing, what you're not. You know, if you put your mind to doing whatever you want to do, you know, good things can happen. Because limits, like fears, are often just an illusion. You're listening to the Plunkett Fitness Project. Here's your host, Jamie Plunkett. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. Um, today, we're going to talk about uh, a challenge we're running currently and then uh, some of the basics of uh, what we do with our clients during challenges and then also um, just in general. Um, so, everybody came in on Sunday and they got uh, weighed in, got their before picture taken. Um, we sat down and went over the nutrition plan. We're doing the vertical diet, um, which I think we did on the last one as well. And we had a podcast some time ago where yeah, we, we talked about the vertical diet. Yeah, we got pretty deep into the vertical diet on uh, an earlier podcast for sure. And um, basically what that is, if you haven't listened to the podcast or heard us talk about it, the vertical diet um, is written by Stan Efferding. Uh, he's very well known in the fitness industry, powerlifting, bodybuilding, uh, very intelligent guy, um, has a lot of great information out there if you look him up on YouTube uh, or on his website. Um, but the vertical diet basically has um, horizontal foods and vertical foods. So horizontal foods uh, basically fill all your micronutrients for the day. Um, you know, and it's, it's not a large amount of those foods, but it's just making sure you're getting all your all your essential nutrients for the day through those foods. Uh, and then your vertical foods are uh, basically meats and uh, rice. So you uh, increase or decrease the amount of those foods based off your goals. Um, but so we presented that to our group on Sunday. Um, then we talked about the exercise plan. Um, they're all doing our group training. Uh, basically, so they're following the vertical diet. Um, Exercise-wise, they come in and train in our group two to six times a week. Uh, it just kind of depends on how much time they have and uh, you know what they prefer. And then we also encourage them to be active every day uh, by monitoring their steps. So I gave them a goal of about 10,000 steps a day, maybe more if possible, but I also told them with that in mind to look where their current steps are, which I don't know if you guys know this, but if you go to your health app on your on your phone, um, I don't know if it's on all phones. I've got an iPhone. Um, but if you go to your health app and you create a, an account there, uh, it has been recording your steps for quite some time. So it's been recording mine since 2015. I didn't even know it. It's so creepy, man. Yeah. I, I was out. I, I, have a, you know, I have an Apple Watch, and I was out. Uh, I always kick on the like the the walk workout when I walk my dog I walk him every day you know typically when the weather permits or whatever and I was out the other day and uh I was probably I walked about two and a half miles and I was about probably about a mile and a half into it and all of a sudden my watch buzzes and it's like hey it looks like you're on a walk so I said okay yeah that's cool so I, creepy right yeah. super creepy I'm like all right no big deal so I click it on it went back so it knew that I was a mile and a half in. It went back to where my walk started. And like, you know what I mean? Because it would normally say like, if I had turned it on at the beginning, it'd be like, oh, you're 1.5 miles in. Blah. It's got all your all that information or whatever. But it actually knew when I had started my walk. And granted, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a freak. I, I, I Everything I do is like 
the same. So it's like the exact same place. So that's not totally surprising. But like you said, dude, they're, they're watching and they've got all that information. Yeah. It's just, it is crazy. It's absolutely insane. JB, why don't you, um, it, you know, if you've got the, you talk about your group training stuff. What is like, what's a typical week look like for those guys? If you say two to six times, like what, what kind of, uh, what kind of exercises are they doing throughout the week? Um, you know, in com in combination or in concert with uh, the vertical diet you're talking about. Um, so what we do with our group clients is we prefer, we, we suggest they work out four times a week. So okay. that's a squat workout is workout number one. A bench press workout is uh, workout number two. A deadlift workout is workout number three. And then we do another bench press workout that's different from day two um, for day four. Uh, so basically it is upper body twice a week, lower body twice a week is gotcha. essentially what that works out to be. Um at a minimum, we recommend they work out twice a week, which is going to be one upper body, one lower body workout. Um, if they do four times a week, like I mentioned, it's two of each. If they do six times a week, what we'll do is we will take out some of their accessory exercises. So um, what I mean by accessory exercises, you know, you'll do your main stuff like your squat, your bench press, your deadlift. Uh, the accessories are the, the lighter exercises you're going to do after that that uh, – you know, are lighter in weight and they're usually higher reps um, and just kind of less work. So what we'll do when they do more than four times a week is we'll take some of the accessory work out of their, their four days and give them one or two extra days where they maybe just train back or they maybe just train shoulders. Gotcha. Um, so, and that's just kind of based on the individual. It doesn't, doesn't cost any more for them to come in, you know, more times a week. Uh, it's all at a monthly price. Um and yeah, that's that's pretty much how the the group works. Um, I feel like there was something else you asked me in there to explain. Uh, no, I just kind of was wondering what you how you um, how you kind of laid out your week. You know what I mean? Like how you looked at your week, and then because you guys also do like um, interval stuff at the end, don't you? Like some kind of cardio stuff, typically. Yeah, yeah, we do intervals at the end. It's usually ten to twenty minutes of some sort of high intensity work, or it is. Uh, um, technique-based uh, prehab stuff. So, you know, like when you hurt yourself, it's called rehab. So um, a lot of times you'll do stuff to prevent injury, and that's called prehab. Uh, so we'll do we'll – do, we have a couple different um, workouts we do at the end of our regular workouts um, that are like for torso stability, which is spine health. Um, and then we have another one that is uh, for shoulder stability – so that's basically shoulder health. So we're trying to teach people how to move their shoulders properly so they don't hurt themselves. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So um <clears throat> so we uh so when we had this meeting we presented the nutrition plan. Um and we talked about activity, um about their the the weight workouts they're gonna do with us, and then we talked about the steps a day, you know, ideally uh like I said, we we wanna shoot for about ten thousand a day, but if we have some, I told people to look at their phones and kind of see what they're averaging right now. So obviously, if you're averaging four thousand a day or even six thousand, then I probably wouldn't recommend you go up to ten thousand immediately. Um, you know, it's a gradual approach. And and with that being said, what we try to do with all of our clients is we try to teach our clients how to, you know, do this the rest of their life. So that's a big reason why I've kind of converted over to recommending the vertical diet. Is I feel like it's something that people can do the rest of their life. They're not starving themselves. We're not restricting foods. Um, I mean, the only thing we really restrict is processed foods, right. which everybody should be doing anyway. Um, but 
um, that's a big thing that we talk about whenever we sit down with people when they come in for a challenge is, and you know, even clients that just walk in off the street or, or fill out a form and come in outside of a challenge, uh, we're trying to teach them, you know, life skills and behavior change for something they can do the rest of their life. And that goes for exercise, nutrition, you know, sleep, everything we talk to them sure. about. We're trying to teach them how to do this on their own. Um, and this is why I say to people all the time, I said to my group on Sunday when we talk to them, our goal is to teach our clients what we know. So then when they walk out the door, they're leaving with something. You know, a lot of a lot of places you'll go and all you get is tired and sweaty. Right. You know, our goal when you leave here is we're trying to teach you how to eat properly, how to exercise, even if on your own. You know, we hope our clients stay with us for a long period of time. Sure. Um, but even if you're here for 25 days, you should be taking something with you. Yeah. Um, so you know how to do it on your own. And we're perfectly fine with that. Um, that's part of running a business. Not everybody's going to stick around. So, um, you know, I feel like it's it's your duty to educate people. Um when they come in and they use your service. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Um, so a big thing that came up when I was talking was uh, cardio again, and I'll kind of t- talk on that a little bit. I know we've, we've covered that a little bit in uh, previous podcasts. Um, but, you know, it still blows my mind that, in you know, today that we're still uh, fighting this cardio is the best thing for fat loss. Right. Uh, lie is what it is. Um, so I brought that up on Sunday. Um, and I always find it interesting how, you know, you'll have some people that are offended by it yeah. because they just love cardio, you know, which is fine. You love cardio. I, it doesn't bother me none. Um, but, I mean, facts are facts, you know. Sure. Uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, the the uh, adaptation of doing cardio, what's wrong is our perception of it. Right. Um, so, you know, I brought up the fact that, you know, like I just said, we're trying to give our clients something they can do the rest of their life. And generally that people walk through our front door, they want to get leaner. They want to look better in the mirror. They want their clothes to fit better. Uh, people have a limited amount of time. Cardio is usually not the best use of their time. Right. Uh, and the reason that is, is when we do steady, and I'm talking steady state cardio. So, you know, I'm not uh, lumping walking into this, so the steps, I'm not lumping that into it, um, and I'm not lumping intervals into it. Just the steady state stuff, you know, the stuff you hate when you get, you know, when you go for a three-mile jog or you get on the elliptical for half an hour, I believe there's a reason why you hate it. It's your body telling you to stop. The same as when you stick your hand on a hot plate. It's your body telling you to remove your hand from the hot plate. When we do steady state cardio and it sucks, that's our body telling us to stop doing it. In my opinion. Right. Now, the, and you know, the other thing I always add, like, I just try to exercise common sense on a lot of things. When's the last time you saw an animal jog? When they're getting chased. They're sprinting, though. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true. Right? They don't jog. They walk and they sprint. You know, they may trot. Right, right, right. But you never see them run around the yard for half an hour, like, trying to get their heart rate up. (laughs) Right. You know, it's not normal. So, okay. So, you know, you know, Nike in the 70s, created this whole jogging craze right. to sell tennis shoes. Yeah, same reason Hallmark invented, like, all the... All the all the holidays? All the holidays, right. All right, so, <clears throat> go back a thousand years. You think anybody jogged? No. Went for, went for a jog? How many people do you think were overweight? None. Why not? Well, what, were, what about the people with slow metabolisms? They were... <laughs> 
and thyroid problems? Yeah, and thyroid problems. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, Jamie. Did that just come on lately? Um, do you think they were they were probably taking the special like like fit tea? Yeah, I'm sure they were drinking. I'm sure they were yeah. going to the. Uh, I, I almost dropped the name. <laughs> I'm sure they're I'm sure they're going to their local supplement uh, warehouse in order to stock up on whatever it was back in the you know 16th 17th century. I'm yeah. sure that's what they were doing. Yeah. I think there were. I think there may have been some overweight people then, but it was usually the rich. Yeah, which is funny, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, um, with the, you know, I just try to exercise common sense. You know, when I can't figure things out, I'm like, well, how would it? You know, how how are we meant to be on this earth? And we're not meant to jog. We're made to sprint and we're made to walk. Now, with that being said, if you like to jog, have at it. Have fun. What I try to do, my goal is to educate people and have a, a realistic understanding of the result of that activity, whether it be weight training or cardio. Um, so with steady state cardio, basically anytime you apply a stimulus to your body, your body's going to adapt or die. So it's either, it's either going to become better at that activity or it's going to die. Right. Most of the time, it adapts, becomes right. better. Um, so, if we go out and we run three miles, our body is its goal is to be able to handle that without basically overextending itself. So, our our body's goal is to adapt to that stimulus, so then it can do it without it being a big deal. Right. Um, there was something I was thinking of that'd be a perfect example of of. Uh, Oh, a great example of that is when you go into the big gyms, a lot of times you see older guys, and they come in and they bench press, and they do curls, and maybe they run 20 minutes on the treadmill or something. Right. And you'll see them over a 10-year period, and they never change. Yeah. They never change because they adapted that workout 10 years ago. Right. So that's the other thing. Like, even with weights, that's why you have to... You can't continue to lift the same weights and do the same amount of reps because your body adapts to it, and then you have to change it. You know, we've talked about that with muscle confusion, right. which they've butchered in the fitness industry. Um, but you do need to change the stimulus. So you need to lift more weight, um, or you need to do more reps, or you know, whatever it may be. You need to change the stimulus to continue to get the adaptation. So back to cardio. The adaptation of doing endurance activities is to become more efficient at it. Well, how do you think you become more efficient at doing steady state cardio? Well, you got to lose. You got to, you your body's going to get smaller. Right. Right. right? And it's going to burn less fuel to cover that same three miles or five miles or whatever we're running. Right. Right. So it's going to reduce its metabolism. Nothing wrong with that. That's what you're telling to do. Right. What's wrong with it is our perception of what's actually going on, you know, or our perception of, of what we think's going on, rather. You know, we think that we're going to lose fat, and, I mean, I've even heard people think they're going to build muscle running. That's absurd. Right. Um, but, you know, the industry teaches us, teaches us that we need steady-state cardio to lose fat. And really, you need no exercise to lose fat. You need to stop eating like crap. Right. I remember years ago, I heard a, a, a commercial on the radio. A guy said, a female over the age of 40 needs to do at least an hour of cardio a day to not gain weight. 
That's that's a pretty <laughs> steep order right there. So you're assuming every female that's not doing an hour of cardio a day is gaining weight. Well, that's what they're saying. That's that's the fear they're yeah. they're pushing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and I mean that's you know they're trying to sell you something. I don't know. I don't remember what they were trying to sell in that case, but. Anyway, so the adaptation of steady-state cardio is going to be muscle loss, which is actually, if I have an endurance athlete, I, I want them to be smaller, so that I want that to occur, um, you know, within reason. I don't want them to lose so much muscle that they hurt themselves, um, so they need to maintain some of it. But that's that's a natural response to endurance training. Um, the other thing is a, a reduced stressy metabolism. Again, those are... You know, the Kenyans that are winning marathons, they don't want a high resting metabolism. They want to cover that 26 miles with the least amount of energy expended possible. Right. Um, because they're competitive with it. And, you know, that's, you know, whether you like it or not, your body's trying to, you know, be competitive too and adapt to what's going on. So, um, anyway, I always think that's funny when I bring that up and, and people, um, I know that I can tell people don't like what I have to say. Well, it's also, I think, um, you know, until until I came in and started doing this with you, I would have thought the same. I, I just never thought about it. The people that aren't exposed, like, it's it's contrary to everything that you've been fed your entire life, you know, when you're told that, like, as far as this stuff goes. And that's where it's coming from. And, you know, it does. It goes back to the Nike thing. But, I mean, look at, look at, I mean, look at advertising. Look at the stuff that's just in our face all day every day it's always it's always cardio i mean and when you, you associate strength training and weight training with guys that are like bulky yeah you know and it's it's uh it is i mean it's an edu- it's an education it's an education process and that's what you guys i mean you do a good job of it here obviously that's that's kind of what you hang your hat on is um is teaching people like you said things skills that they can use here and if they, if they were ever to leave they'd still be able to apply the same skills elsewhere you know um but it's i think the reason so many people get caught off guard is it's just so contrary to the um status quo as far as the industry has been propagating this information for ever since i was a kid you know since the i I don't i mean like that's just that's just the way the way it is you know and i it is it's crazy when you break down the science of it because it does, again, you talk about you exercising common sense and this, that, and the other thing, and it does make sense. But when you're, when you're told a certain thing for so, so long, it's hard to even acknowledge the fact that it's like, I mean, I, I hate to say you've been lied to, but you've been lied to, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a big reason. I, I try to tell people that to, you know, um, when you're when when you're trying to get someone to listen to you or believe what you're saying, you got to get them to know, like, and trust you. Sure. You know, and I always try to say, you know, one thing I always try to to tell people, and most people won't guess this by looking at me. I was overweight when I was younger. That's why I do what I do. Right. Um, and that's really why why I care. You know, like. When I tell somebody cardio is not the best use of their time and they're they're bothered by that, well, that bothers me. Right. That you can't even be open not open minded enough to hear me out because I'm looking out for your best interest. And the people trying to sell you this crap or trying to sell you shoes or workout clothes or some supplement or some fitness plan, um, and they don't have your best interest in mind. Yeah. Um, 
Well, it makes the thing of it is, man, and I, you know, I've talked about it too. I mean, I'm a, I was a fat kid, you know, and I struggle. I still, I still have uh, issues with that, but it, it allows you to empathize for, with people. And I, I've never, um, you know, until you're truly in that situation, it's hard to actually um, know what it's like to be in that situation. So it is. It, it's 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 like you you want to tell people like, look, I mean, and it also gives you the incredible advantage of being able to say you can turn this around because i turn i'm not special like it's not like it's not one of those things where you're you know you're not claiming to be smarter or you just figured out you figured this thing out the same way a mechanic figures out how to rebuild a transmission well you figured out how to rebuild your body and um you know it's i don't know it it is it is crazy. The no like and trust thing, though, is is really big because people have got to, um, you know, their guards are up. Yep. It, 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 because just because of society, you know, we just we we have to have them up, you know, to to function and not be uh, taken advantage of. Because, like you said, there is, you know, everybody's selling something, and uh, and the the people that are, you know, it's it's sometimes it's hard to decipher between the people that are more interested in in your best interest or their bottom line. And it's getting. I think it's getting easier and easier to, to to tell that. And I think that's the one of the strengths of like social media and transparency and stuff is the fact that you are, you know, if if you're full of BS, that that word's going to spread quicker because mm-hmm. people are you know people are talking and they're they're sharing things and they're you know whatever. And if you're if you're telling the truth, then over the you're playing the long game and you're going to end up winning, you know, long term or whatever. But. Yeah, um, the big thing that I try to do is I try to, you know, get people to think for themselves. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm saying when I'm like, well, a thousand years ago, did we jog? Were we overweight? You know, just start thinking about some of these things and, right. and you know, thinking for yourself versus taking my word for it. Um, and, you know, my big thing is with with food, I just I just ask people simple questions. Okay. And I'm not saying to do this, but if you didn't eat this week, didn't eat at all, what would the number on the scale do? Right. Go down a lot, right? Right, right. For anybody. Yeah. You know, that's like when somebody says, I've got thyroid problems or a slow metabolism or whatever. You know, and I'm not saying, I think every individual is more predisposed to things than, than the next person, you know. You know, you may be more predisposed to, to cancer, maybe more predisposed to gaining weight. You may be more predisposed to whatever it may be, but that doesn't mean that's your destiny. And, uh, you know, so the thing is, if you ask yourself the question, okay, if I didn't eat, just say, okay, let's not say a week. Let's say you don't eat for three days. Is the scale going to go down? Yes. All right. Well, then it's a consumption issue, obviously. Right. Okay. Now, if you went for a run the next three days, would would the weight go down? I can't guarantee it would. It might go up. Yeah. Matter of fact, I think they say most people that train for a marathon gain weight in the process. Yeah. Why is that? Because it drives your cravings. Um, you know, it, it lowers your resting metabolism. You end up eating more. Uh, I could I I have firsthand experience of that. So, um, you know, I think you just have to ask yourself some basic questions, and then I think a big part of that is being honest with yourself. You know, um, if you're if you're monitoring your budget. You're going to monitor every single thing that goes out. Right. Well, if you're monitoring your weight, you need to monitor every single thing that 
you know, goes past your eyes into your mouth. Um, you know, and I mean, to me, a lot of that's common sense. Like, is this good for me? You know, generally, if it's in a box or a bag, it's not good for you. Um, you know, and I feel like a lot of people are should know the things they're eating aren't the best for them. Right. You know, right. so um, I think you just have to have a an honest conversation with yourself about the decisions you're making and then just start moving forward. You know, you don't have to do a 180 today, but, you know, we shouldn't be 50 pounds overweight, 100 pounds overweight, and not know what's causing it. Right. You know, it's right. if if you're carrying weight like that, there's some pretty glaring reasons why, you know, why you're you're struggling with your weight, um, that I think are fairly easy to change. You know, and you know a lot of that. You know, maybe it's mental toughness or whatever. But you know, when I was 15 years old, I was five foot seven. I was 180 pounds. I just decided one day I was done. Yeah, I was tired of it. You know, and that's changed my life. At that point in my life, I had no idea what I was going to do, you know, past high school. Uh, I didn't believe in myself. Um, you know, so it's it's like a snowball effect. Once you start, you know, seeing some success and stuff, then you start, you know, build more confidence and, you know, take it one day at a time. That's what I tell people. You know, I've, um, you know, have one good day. All right, then do two good days, you know, and just let them build on, on themselves. And, you know, sooner or later you're going to have, you know, seven good days or 14 good days. And then you're not going to want to go off track because you don't want to lose your momentum. Yeah. You know, so, um, but that's kind of my thought on, um, the weight loss and stuff. But the big thing I want to talk about today was in the vertical diet, page 47, um, Stan goes over resting metabolism. Um, and Stan has references for all this stuff, so I'm sure it's pretty accurate. Um, but in here, he's got a little section. He says, it's important to understand how your body burns calories so we can stay focused on what matters most. And this kind of wraps up everything we're talking about today. 70% of your daily calories are burned at rest. This is your basal metabolic rate. So say you burn 2,000 calories a day, 1,400 calories a day are coming just from rest, from from not not from activity, not from digestion. If you laid in bed all day, you would burn that many calories. Yeah, and that's the big thing that I feel like is left out in the exercise nutrition industry is everybody thinks they need to do cardio to lose fat, or you know, exercise to lose fat. Everything they everybody has these watches that measure how many calories they burn, right? Which you're chasing the wrong thing when you're looking at those calories, the calories that it says on the treadmill or whatever else. First off, the shit's not accurate. Second off, you're you're being distracted by something that is not that important. Um, so 70% of your daily calories are burned from doing nothing. So the hour of cardio isn't going to have a, a whole lot of effect on the fat loss. Um you know, so that's a big thing I try to tell people is the majority of your calories are going to be burned if you lay in bed all day and you don't move. Second thing is 15% of your your daily calories are burned from daily activities. This is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. It's also called NEAT. 
Um, <clears throat> so, you know, that's, you know, walking the dog, mowing the yard, going to work. Um, everything you do that's not exercise, that's activity. 10% of your daily calories are burned from eating food. So digesting protein burns more calories than fats and carbs. Uh, this is called the thermic effect of food. So it's harder for your body to break down like meat and eggs than it is, you know, a ho-ho or a right. zinger. Right. Those things were good. I don't even know if they still make them. Um, but anyway, so 10% from the food you eat. Only 5% of your daily calories a day are burned from exercise. This is called exercise activity thermogenesis. So... That's my big thing whenever people, you know, they want to work out seven days a week or six days a week or they want to do an hour of cardio, you're chasing the wrong thing. Um, you know, so what I try to get across to people is stick, you know, develop a plan and st and execute your plan. And the biggest part of that plan, if your goal is fat loss, is going to be nutrition. You know, don't get caught up in doing an hour of cardio or any of this other shit. And the funny thing is, is I sell exercise and I'm trying to tell you to eat right. You know, right. I don't sell nutrition. Um, so, you know, I feel like that's a big reason why people aren't successful. They get distracted by the things that aren't important. Right. Well, they're focused on the 5% instead yes. of the 95%. <laughs> yes. You know. Um. You know, and I mean, you have to eat right. And what's funny is a lot of times, I know I talk about this a lot, a lot of times the excess exercise you're doing negatively affects the food you're putting in your mouth. You know, so for me, if you break everything down a little farther and you ask yourself why you ate the zingers or ho-hos or pizza or, or alcohol, why are you doing that? Generally, we're doing that because we're out of balance in something else in life. So yeah. stress, we're overextended, we're unhappy, um, whatever it may be. So the solution isn't to tell yourself that you're a bad person, which is what most people tell themselves. You know, I'm broken, I have a sweet tooth, I just like alcohol, whatever it may be. Eliminate the things that are causing you to want alcohol, pizza, all those other things. What's it, what what's what's overextending you that you know? Yeah, you're trying to make up for a deficit from somewhere else. Yes, a deficit of happiness, or like you're not getting gratification somewhere else in your life, so you're getting that immediate gratification from zingers. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I mean that's one of the biggest things you can do is have a plan for your food. So write down what you're going to eat. You know, and usually what I tell people is go. I give them I give them macronutrient recommendations. So. Like what we did for uh, the challenge on Sunday is I told all my clients that I wanted a gram of protein per pound of body weight. And I wanted <clears throat> uh, 50 to 60 grams of fat for my men a day. And I wanted 30 to 40 grams of fat a day for my women. And then I wanted them just to follow the horizontal foods for their carbs. So no, ri no white rice, which is the, the big carb that he recommends in here. Uh, and the horizontal foods are, you know, an orange, cranberry juice, uh, I'm naming the carbs anyway, a sweet potato, some carrots, there's some spinach in there, uh, maybe peppers if you want those. Uh, but you're going to end up somewhere between about 50 and 100 carbs a day. Um, but the big thing is, is, is take that and put it into MyFitnessPal and then figure out where your protein, carbs, and fat are. 
and then <clears throat> adjust accordingly to get those numbers I just gave you. And then execute that thing to a T for seven days and see what your weight does. I will guarantee it goes down. Um, and, I mean, you know what? Do that and don't even exercise. Right. Just eat right. You know, and then the thing is, is, is the nutrition is the number one thing. So if you don't know where to start, don't start with six things at once. Start with your nutrition, you know, and then we can look at sleep, you know, and and your your rest and and not overextending yourself. Okay, and then when you get comfortable with that routine, we can start putting exercise into the plan. You know, and I'm going to recommend weight training because it's going to affect your body composition the most, which is what people want when they come in and they say, I want to look better in the mirror, I want to fit better in my clothes. You're, you don't really care what the scale says per se. You care about your body composition, your, your muscle-to-fat ratio. So we already know that cardio is going to reduce muscle tissue. Um, there's nothing wrong with it, but that's the adaptation to it. And we know lifting weights, if you do it properly, is going to increase muscle tissue, um, which, you know, you mentioned bulky earlier. We're not going to get bulky from lifting weights, uh, especially females, which is a big concern mainly of females. They don't want to get bulky. Right. Um, you just don't have the hormones for it. You know, um, a female might put on, you know, I think we recently did Leah's testimonial. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Leah, I measured body fat. She's been here since 2012, I believe. I measured her body fat maybe in 17 or so, and she'd gained four pounds of muscle. Yeah. And she works very hard. So, you know, she's not, she's doing everything she can to get the most out of it. And she's a perfect example. She's put on four pounds of muscle, which is not very much. So women aren't going to get bulky. Um, but that's going to change the way you look in the mirror. It's going to change the way you fit in your clothes. Um, you're basically, you're going to get rid of fat. And you might put on a little muscle. You're not going to put on a lot. But uh, so weight training is the way to, to spend that, your, your time when it comes to exercise. But, um, <clears throat> you know, and so that's the next thing that he covers on the, on this same page on the vertical diet after we cover the percentages of activity and the calories burned, you know, through those activities. Um, so the next thing he says, and we've kind of already covered this over my rambling for the last 10 minutes, <laughs> as you can see, more exercise is not the solution to fat loss. Exercise is a stimulus. The solution for maximal, maximum fat loss is as follows. Increase your BMR by lifting weights so you can add more muscle and burn more calories at rest. Have you ever heard that anywhere else? Never. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when trying to burn calories to lose fat, stay active throughout the day. So that's kind of the steps thing we told people. Uh, don't sit or remain idle when awake. Stay on your feet and keep busy. Don't underestimate how valuable this can be. Three, eat a high-protein diet, generally one gram per pound, like I mentioned, and eat frequent meals so as to not create a protein deficit and to fuel increased workload. Four, just like I mentioned, exercise in that order. Um, <clears throat> and the funny thing is, um, just underneath this, he gives tons of links in here, uh, and he taught. And so the first link is radi uh, regular cardio will make you fat. Um, that's on T Nation, so you can find that tnation.com backslash training backslash regular cardio will make you fat. Um, and there's a a dash between regular and cardio will make you fat. Um, and then the next one underneath that is metabolic adaptation to weight loss. I haven't read that, but I'm going to guess um, it talks about how 
if you lose muscle, you're going to lose uh, your resting metabolism and that. But um, that's kind of the majority of what we want to talk about today was understanding how your body burns calories and how exercise is not the solution to weight loss necessarily. It's more your nutrition. Um, and then once you get that nailed down, look at exercise as a way to boost the whole plan and weight training is really the way to go with that. Yeah, I think the eighty five the eighty five fifteen thing is really crazy. Like I mean I knew a lot of that information that we talked about today just from the stuff we've talked about in the past, but I don't think I'd actually had it broken down like numbers like that before where it was like, you know, that that small of a percentage is actually affected by your, your actual workout. That's pretty crazy. And it, yeah. it, it does, it makes sense. Like, well if you wanna <laughs> if you wanna get the the biggest impact then focus on the eighty five percent. Yeah. You know, and then the fifteen percent comes, like you said, that's after that's the cherry on top. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for listening today, guys. If you have any questions, uh, let me know and Ryan will uh, say all the technical stuff here. Yeah, yeah. Please um, rate, comment, subscribe, and reach out to us on Instagram at Plunkett underscore fitness. That's P L U N K E T T underscore fitness on Instagram. Appreciate y'all listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Plunkett Fitness Project. Please share with your friends, subscribe, rate, and review. For more info, visit our website, plunkettfitness.com.